at 6 a.m. in the morning, I decided, I decided to take a neurological cocktail. I decided to take some ketamine, some acid, and some mushrooms. And I'm happy, I'm happy I'm sharing this because my hope is that it will, one, it will prevent others from losing their lives, taking their lives. True compassion, like, only begins, like, only can arise from experience, from pain, you know? Hey, I'm Rital. How is it going? It's going well. Thank you, brother. So this is Tielo from Tepoztlan, Mexico, reaching out in my human form to Amrital, right? Yes, um, it's Amrit, Amrit Lal. Amrit Lal. Amrit Lal. Amrit Lal, all right. Thank you, Namaste. So where are you at? I'm in Los Gatos, California, which is a very spiritual town south of San Francisco and in Silicon Valley near San Santa Cruz and San Jose. All California. right. Cool. I plan to produce my film in California. See if, if we can hang out there. But in the meantime, so uh, would you like to share how we met? Yes, yes, actually, um, I am. I'm happy to do that. Um, it's actually, yes, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting story. I was attracted to the shop in Tepotslin because I recognize the symbol. I saw the symbol of the triangle and the square. And I realized that like, there, I just, I had to go to this shop. And before I arrived, it was like, I was just, there was this energy building up in me. And I was in the main street with a friend of mine. And I was just like, I need something, I need something. I'm not sure what. And so I stopped in the chocolate, I, I stopped in the chocolate shop and was like, I don't want sugar. And then I went through the like the food area and I was like, I don't want to eat any anything unhealthy. Like I need something for my soul. I need something for my soul, but I don't want any of these, these cravings. And so I was like, I don't know what it is. So I just started walking. And then I saw the shop again, but this time the shop was open. So I walk in and that's when I see um I see your friend uh, Danya. Okay. And as soon as I saw her, we had a connection. And I was like, do you sell rape, which is a spiritual medicine? And she was like, yeah, I do. And it was just, it was, it was such a, uh, a random, a random item to have. And then that's when we met and, you know, your, your honesty, your authenticity was very, it was like, it was a clear mirror. And, um, and I'm still getting used to like having that to being in my heart and not in my head and being open and true um because it's 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 um being in our heart is is um not quite a familiar feeling here in, where I am in California and so it's like this part this part of the reconditioning the unraveling of truth coming back into the heart back into the place of of uh, radiance and I remember we were, we were talking and you had these shoes on, which I mentioned, you had these shoes on, which had um, a lion and a lion's mane. And immediately I looked at your shoes and I was given a vision of Jesus Christ and was brought back to some of the work I've been doing with the plant medicine and going through my healing process. And the energy of being with Jesus in the astral and seeing him as this, this you know, as, as both the Lamb of God, but also the fire, the fire of the Kundalini, the, the he who is able to transform in order to serve into anything he needs. And I was rushed. I felt that feeling and I knew that I could trust you. I knew that I knew that we were be our our meeting was in alignment with my spiritual service, my spiritual evolution. And that I could I could let I could let down my guard and I could 
I could begin this process of of finally just being me in the world and and learning how to be myself with with my brother and and um, and and realize that this was a safe connection to establish. So, all right, cool. Yeah, it felt really flow, right? I remember I liked you guys. What's your, the name of your friend? Uh, my friend, her name is Lisa Marie Caliostro. Lisa, yeah, yeah, I liked them both right away, and we started talking and everything. And it's funny that you speak about the the vision of Jesus because I have also a really, I think, strong connection because I I don't consider myself uh, religious, you know, but. It was, I think, on 2017 or 2018 that I took a, a ceremony of ayahuasca. And I was in this writing process that I've been writing the film for seven years now. I, 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 I'm done, but it took me seven years. So five years ago, I was in this plant medicine that actually my third ayahuasca ceremony, I asked, what do I need to do with my life? And I get it that I needed to make a documentary about love. So I left music. I went with my dad and my brother that I businessmen. <laughs> so uh, I told them I'm leaving music. I'm going to go and make a documentary about love. And they were like, oh, we lost him, you know. <laughs> so then I began my journey about research. But uh, and another ceremony of ayahuasca, I was I was listening to these thoughts, like evil thoughts inside my mind that, oh, you're not worthy. Nobody will care about your film, that you're a loser, you know, and I was, oh, yeah, and I begin to cry and cry. And I just ask, asked, what is ego? Like, I think I have a lot, but I don't know exactly what it is. And then I stopped crying and then I straight up and I saw the sun a human heart and the nucleus of the earth and from the nucleus on the from the human heart appeared like jesus in 4000k definition you know like and at that point at my research i had left out any gods or deities or archetypes but when i had that vision i thought like dude this guy is real This is more real than anything I've met in my physical dimension, you know? So I understood, and he just looked at, looked at me, you know, with this serenity and compassion and, you know, equanimity, just serene, just serene. And I understood that the basic, the most simple thing about ego is the availability of the same substance to split to experience life, you know, like I felt like the same energy in our hearts was the same energy of the sun and the nucleus of the earth, but in different manifestation. And I also understood that as the heart of the solar system and the heart of the earth, they cannot share all the energy outwards because they will left, they will be left with nothing to share. And we can follow the same example that first, you know, like have this energy within and then share it to all without judgment. You know, the sun doesn't judge if we are, if you are poor or rich, you know, you just shine. So I understood that in order for you, 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 we cannot give all of our love to something or to someone because we uh, leave our ability to shine. We have to keep the energy, you know, inside and then shine from there, you know, because we're producing this energy from within and just sharing it without losing it, you know. And from that point on, I thought like I've been like seeing images of Jesus, you know, and I don't see him like in a Catholic or Christian version, but this kind of archetype energy that is in a higher dimension, you know, that exists, you know, whether we can see it, see him or not. So it's funny that, that my shoes, you know, like led you to this <laughs> Jesus vision. So then I, how, can you tell your story about your, your scar, please? Because that was one of the most, whoa. Yeah. 
Yes, actually, um, and I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm sharing this because my hope is that it will one, it will prevent others from losing their lives, taking their lives. It will support others in speaking their truth. Um, that it'll it'll accelerate the spiritual evolution of others like me who now feel comfortable to be who they are. And then I also feel that sharing my story with you is going to allow more of my truth to be realized by me, to allow me to hold more of my soul. Um, so this scar you see, and I'll stand up. Yeah, you. So the camera gets it. Yes. Gets this here. So I um, on September fifth, September fifth, two thousand nineteen. Yes. I put a knife. I put a knife here. September what? I put Can enough. Repeat the date. Oh yeah, September fifth, two thousand nineteen. Okay. I plunged a knife into my chest and I missed my heart by about a millimeter. It was a miracle, and it's actually it's a story leading up to that that's really impressive. But rather than going back too far, I'll start with that day. And then yeah, I'll go back why, until until I'll start the very day. Up? Where did you walk? Okay, so so and I won't go too far back. So I'll start with that very day, that very day, at six a.m. the morning, and I'll, I'll tell you why. But first, I'll tell you what I did. I decided I decided to take a neurological cocktail. I decided to take some ketamine, some acid, and some mushrooms. Why? Why? Well, I wanted to know. I was having experiences that I couldn't explain. I couldn't tell my family about. I couldn't tell my friends about. I couldn't um, fully digest it for a couple of years. And I just wanted to get to the other side. I knew that I was becoming someone else. I knew that I was becoming something else. I knew that I wasn't who I thought I was. And that there was something outside of me limiting me, something outside of me controlling me. I just wanted to get to the other side so that I could come into that place where I could be my full self, my higher self, where I could be in a place of, of um, support. And so I took this cocktail and whenever, whenever, and so even before before this day, I was um, experimenting with ketamine, and it was helping my with my depression. And so for a couple of years, I was astral projecting. I was beginning to see more and more into the spiritual realms. Um, I was having experiences with with fairies and other types of um, interdimensional, energetic, plasmic um, entities. And I just like wanted to have a clearer perception of what was real, what was true, what was my mind capable, what was my mind capable of doing? And so that, and I was also beginning to figure out some other things. I was able, I was beginning to figure out, um, so I have, I received my degree from Boston University in theoretical mathematics, and I also studied mechanical engineering for two years. So I had a very scientific perspective on the neurological chemicals of the mind and frequencies and mind control manipulation. And I was just like, I'm going to just solve this problem. Even if I blow myself up and I'm just going to like put it out there so people know. And I realized that, you know, that doesn't even matter. But so, so that day I decided to take this cocktail and open my mind up all the way. And it worked. It actually worked. Because leading up to that moment, I would take, up until that day, I would take some ketamine and I would meditate and I would open up portals. This day, it just happened. I opened up, I raised my Shakti. I Shakti and had sort of that, that Shiva Shakti merge where your crown chakra opens and I opened up a portal to the higher celestials, to the ancient realms. And it was like the sensation of home. I could like, I felt like I was finally there. And I couldn't hold it for more than like about eight seconds when it collapsed. And this is about six o'clock in the morning. And when it collapsed, my entire world came crashing down. First energetic pain just began rushing through my body. 
then paranoid thoughts, and then fears and worries. Uh, I began to lose touch with reality. This and this lasted for hours and hours, and it gradually became worse and worse. Soon, I was surrounded by dark spirits and dark entities. And at one point, a few hours later, I took off all my clothes because I was at this point I was paranoid about everything. I was paranoid about my cell phone. I was paranoid about. I don't know everything. All any all paranoia was crashing down on me. So I ran outside. I was living in San Francisco in the Marina District, which was a very expensive, very nice area at the time. Uh, well, before this happened, I was an investment executive for one of the largest financial um, insurance insurance companies in the world, and uh, I ran outside completely naked. Started to meditate thinking that I was going to open up a portal and like go back home into the earth. It didn't happen. I'm sitting there. I was like, okay, this isn't working. Let me go back into my apartment. As soon as I go back into my apartment, it's all there waiting for me. All of the, the dark ones, the, the entities and um, the voice, the voice was just do it. Just take that knife. The only way you're going to know is if you, do it if you plunge the knife into your heart. And I wasn't going to do that. And so I filled my tub with up with cold ice water, dunked myself in. I had aluminum foil wrapped around my head. Nothing was working. I was surrounded every everywhere I went in my apartment, every corner, there was more and more shadow figures coming at me. And I think about six hours went by. It's probably about noon now. And there's other information that I realized leading up to this point in regards to some of the entities feeding off the planet and the solar system. And I'd also realized my heart chakra connection, my connection to the sun, my connection to the universe. And I believe that I had, I had just ruined everything for my family. I believe that like they were feeding through my heart and they were feeding off my family. And then all of a sudden I thought that my family was dying. One by one by one, I, I I began to believe that the planet was going to end, that the world was going to end, that my mother was dying, my father was dying, my aunt was dying. I, every single family member, my mind, these voices, these thoughts were telling me that my family was dying. And I just felt horrible. I felt like it was all my fault. I was, I just let everyone down. But I wasn't going to, I actually, I went to the kitchen, the knife was in front of me. I wasn't going to do it. And then I heard, I heard my sister crying. And so I raised, I was the oldest in a very traumatic um, upbringing. And I raised my younger siblings and I heard my baby sister crying. I heard her in my head. And, that for, and, and at that point, I didn't know what was real. But I did believe that if that moment, if I did not put that knife into my chest and, and not to die, but to unleash. So for, for two years, I had been, Almost like that movie Pi. Have you seen the movie Pi where that, that yeah. the, the scientist figures out? And also I'm a theoretical mathematician. So, you know, I understand Pi and the golden mean and the Kundalini and the singularity and the breakthrough points into the next level of dimensions. I was that guy in Pi who just like had to put a, like, who was just going so insane. He just had to do it. He had to lobotomize himself. And so at that moment, I just grabbed the knife and plunged it straight into my heart. And I knew, at, at, I also knew that there were two, there are two entities, there are two levels. There was the dark and there was also the light guiding me. And I just, I didn't have the strength. Uh, the, the darkness got to me, but ultimately the light, the light protected me because I put, I plunged the knife into my chest and, um, I felt absolutely no pain. I hit the bone. There's a scar on the bone. I Did felt you, no you pain. Stand up well. You're telling me the story. It it listens. Yeah. Here's well. Yeah. So here's this is where the knife actually went here. Yeah. You can you can. This stand is where up. the knife. Okay. So you. Yeah, so put the knife right there. Right there, and then the doctors cut me open down to the belly button. The doctors. So so after I so I. I plunged a knife into my chest, and at that moment, at that moment, it finally ended. From the shock, it ended. And I was in, in that point, 
I was, I didn't know what to believe because I had also reached that point where I was having my God realization and I had been having it for a couple of years leading up to this point. I was afraid to tell anybody. I didn't under, I didn't know that there are ashrams. I didn't know that there are retreats. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to confide in people. And when, and when we're afraid to confide in people, but even the path that the universe provides for us, the, the universe always provides a path for us to rise into who we're meant to be. But when we're afraid to speak our truth, to express ourselves, that path remains blocked. And because of all the childhood trauma I had, because of all the abuse I had, I, it took me, it has taken me until now. It's, it's been almost four years. It'll be four years in a few weeks, a couple of weeks. It's taken me up until now to finally be able to share my story. Um, you know, with with the stranger. But again, like I know that Jesus, Jesus is showing me that, you know, we're meant to connect and we're meant to do this. Um, and that there's gonna be a much greater effect from from broadcasting this. And so so I plunged a knife into my chest <laughs> deep all the way. I felt no pain. But what I knew of, I was like what kind of knife was it? Like how it was a it was a steak knife, it was about it was about six and a half inches. And maybe um, at most, at most two and a half inches thick, as you can see from the scar. Yes. So well, and that's the thing too. So I like, love when, when my my. Knife, did you hesitate? Like. No, I did. I just went straight in, and. Um, what did you feel? And nothing. Nothing. No pain. Nothing. And then, it hit me. I was like, they duped me. Like they duped me. They got me. And so I didn't even know what to do. So I just stood there for a moment. I was like, all right. Well, then I, I pulled the knife out. I pulled the knife out, which I, I hear everyone's like, you're not supposed to pull the knife out. <laughs> I pulled the knife out and I just looked in. I looked at the hole. There was no blood. I was in a moment of belief. I was in a moment of true belief. And that belief, I, I realized that I was God. I realized that I was a child of God. I realized that I was the matrix. I realized I was at that point. Um. Which we all want to get to, but I, you know, I didn't get there naturally, which is why I couldn't sustain it. And 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 then and then my own doubt came in, and I began to punish myself. It's like now you've really done it. And as soon as I began to punish myself, then the blood began coming out. And it took about five minutes for the blood for me to begin bleeding. And that's when I called the police, which wasn't the best experience. And went to the hospital. Um, so did you call nine one one? I did. I called nine one one. I told them the truth. I was very calm. I was very calm. I said, you know, I I did something horrible to myself. To myself. No one else did this. Um, you know, I took some. I took some psychedelics, and I, I act. I, I think I said accidentally because um, I didn't want to sound suicidal. I wasn't suicidal. I was. I don't want to say delusional. I was I was breaking every all delusional. The illusion's here for everyone, uh, but I was you know, I I, I didn't do anything. I didn't do something healthy, so I called the police and and let them know that I put a knife into my chest. <laughs> I needed an ambulance to get to the hospital, and um, and when they came, of course there's like cops show up with like shotguns and like, and it's terrifying. And when they throw me into the wagon, it was just like, it was just the most horrifying experience because they're, they're like overpowering me, even though like, here I am in need of help. You know, I'm, I'm at that point, I was making like, you know, close to $300,000 a year. I, I, I paid the government millions in tax dollars. You would think that I would be treated at least with some type of um, compassion, respect. compassion, respect. And it was just, it was just like, nope. And so at that point, I still didn't know what was real because leading up to leading up to this event i had two ayahuasca sessions which were um like two or three days and two weekends so so two i had two like weekend ceremonies and even before the ayahuasca because i had so much trauma both in my lifetime my past lifetimes um I was going through the spiritual process, like I was triggered. So I was actually triggered by the sun. So that's, as we know, the sun's changing, the earth's changing, the universe is changing. I was naturally activated, initiated, because I never would have sought the path. 
up until my spiritual awakening, I didn't believe in Jesus anymore. Like life was just so, my entire life was so, felt so painful that I was just, I was completely blocked from seeing and, and feeling the truth. And then one day, one day everything just opened up and my body began to heal from diseases and allergies and depression and anxiety. And I was afraid to tell people. And I was afraid I couldn't accept who I was. And I couldn't, even though the voice inside was beautiful, I was still in denial. And um, and that's what eventually led to just me completely going apeshit. Um, and... All right, so... Over, but, but, over that, but, over that, but over that process, I'd also begun begun healing past life when, memories when you yes. arrived to the hospital uh... so the, so at the hospital i went under and they they cut me open all the way down to my belly button to see if there was any da other damage um stitched it up there was no other damage i didn't hit any major organs it was all a it was a miracle that i was alive and not only alive it was a miracle that i was alive and not in critical condition and um and so I was in the hospital for over a week. And it was funny. It was like, I wasn't alone. There are a lot of us. There are a lot of us light workers. There are a lot of us guardians. There are a lot of us bodhisattvas waking up to our truth, waking up to the hidden doctrine, the secret doctrine, um, the spiritual realms. And we just didn't know how to express it. And the institutions weren't prepared for us because their minds couldn't handle that level and so and so when i left the hospital i met with the team of psychiatrists and when they they began questioning me i i called them out i i, I could see that all of their questions were pointed that they were triggered and and they weren't able to hold me any longer because it was clear that i was conscious highly conscious highly intelligent more intelligent than the staff because i actually had the experience i had the experience i had the knowledge i had the truth I wasn't reading out of a textbook. I wasn't looking for, I wasn't instilling a diagnosis. I wasn't, in other words, in other words, I believe that a lot of people aren't crazy. I don't think anyone's crazy. I don't think there's any such thing as we have we have infinite numbers of diseases and and and, and pharmaceutical cures, but there's no such thing as diseases. It's just harmony within the body, it's misalignment with the soul. And they were trying to classify me as something, and I clearly was able to to show them where they were wrong and and so they let me return but it still took some time a long time without the proper support because as a species were evolving as a species were realizing what's really happening on the planet who we truly are why we're here how the universe operates um and so i've i've over the past, since that event, over the past four years, I've I've surrendered to study, I've surrendered to service, I've surrendered to working with the Kundalini, working with directly with the planetary forces, working with shamans and plant medicine, and also building. Here in, here in Silicon Valley, I'm building a spiritual healing center where we use technologies, as well as plant medicine, and coaching and, and other therapies to support people through the process. Um, but there is a point where you just have to begin surrendering to life. In recognition that you are life and life always has your best evolutionary interest in you and so and uh and that's awesome, when yeah, that's when we met yeah 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 that i when i yeah that story you know like really shocked me and it's wonderful that you're uh, sharing your story you know because you took you uh, mentioned some a lot of points but one that I would like to comment on is like the psychedelic experience about healing trauma. You know, I think that the psychedelic journey, it's not always uh, like a happy one. You know, I've, I've encountered many ayahuasca ceremonies that I thought that I was going to be crazy, you know, like these realms of the mind, like these dark, really dark spaces, you know, I remember one ceremony that I asked for my ancestors, like for my lineage, because that was the time where I was going to begin to write the film seven years ago, like six years ago. And my dad was a little bit worried. So he told me, like, I was like, 
that I can promise you that I'm not crazy. Do you want me to speak to someone that you trust to just know that I'm not crazy? And he was like, okay, if you want to talk to my therapist, I would appreciate it, you know? And I talked to her and she told me, yeah, yeah, I've done ayahuasca as well. Yeah, ego, love. Yeah, yeah, you're on the right path. So no worries, your son is not crazy. And she told me to research five generations before me on my mother's side. You know, she was like, mm. you should look for some kind of, and I like synchronistically ended up to going with my aunt, my sis, my sister's mom, my mom's sister, you know, my aunt. She's still alive at the moment. So I ended up with my my mother died like 14 years ago. So six years ago, I went with her sister, my aunt, to drink ayahuasca together. You know, it was like my third time. But that time, like my aunt didn't know what was going on. And she's very Catholic. And we went in the ceremony. And that was my intention, you know, when I drank the brew. And I was like, okay, so I want to know about five generations before before me you know so my aunt was at the left we began the ceremony and then i ended up going like way 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 back that i remembered i i was once a spider you know and i felt the you know the teeth and then and i saw myself like inside a spider and it was really scary and then I saw this creator and destroyer of dimensions and it was dancing and looking at me and I and and it told me like you will never understand me even though if you write your film or your documentary I am before everything and I was like it was like so amazing but after that I begin to feel all the pain in the world like being inside a spider i felt like this energy just like squeezed me like from the inside and i started to and my throat you know and i began to realize that i was feeling all the pain in the world like if all the pain i was leaving it in the inside it was a hard moment and I began to listen to a really hard noise inside my mind, like, yeah, and I thought like, fuck, I hadn't drink that glass. Like it was too much. I, I, I lost my mind. I, I will lose my mind I, that there's no way. And then I like looked above and I had no head and the whole cosmos was <laughs> giving birth like from my neck and the galaxies and the planets but i had no head but all the planets were were going and i was like "Fuck, this is too much this is too much i cannot stand it <laughs> you know so i went with the shaman and he gave me some reiki to you know just land it up you know but my main point i had i, I wanted to share you know with the listeners because the psychedelic path, I think it's great. I think it, there's many medicines, could be MDMA, ketamine, you know, ayahuasca, mushrooms, they're all cousins, but it's like to, go, I am all in to be psychonauts, you know, to explore my psyche. I like to explore my psyche in silence, in dark room retreats, with substances, with art, with dance, you know, experience, what am I, you know? Uh, how far does the rabbit hole go, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just to explore, but be safe, you know, like, um, there are some bad trips that in my experience, the bad trips had led me to the most learning, you know, you know, when it gets tough, like the, the, the lesson is like, I think that there's some things that it's, really hard to let go you know in our psyche in our trauma in our memory and it's like something inside of us that wants to hold that thing and psychedelics law like oh let go let go you know you just have to let go you know everything and just flow but yeah like just tell people that you there are some researchers a lot of research you know there are a lot of therapists like yourself 
that wants to make this center to help people with compassion, you know, with not the economic side of just wanting to make money because ayahuasca and mushrooms, it can be a, an industry, you know, like my dad went to Peru and at the hotel lobby, they were like, oh, do you want ayahuasca? It's like $40, you know, and he said like, don't I have to do a diet? And they were like, no, 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 no. Just give me the $40 and I'll give you ayahuasca, you know, <laughs> and it was mm -hmm. like, it's an industry, but you know, we are here to perhaps someone can listen to our stories and know that perhaps the psyche is infinite, but be behind everything that changes, we are, you know, we are the stillness that embrace all changes, you know, at the end, we are that, that Vamasi, I am that, you know. Yeah, so, uh, so in what part of the, of the process are you about your healing center? So now we are, so we had two years of, or I had two years of pure seva, bringing people through the, the entire, so it's a four hour, four and a half hour process, eight different eight different technological therapies that each work on a different element or energetic center based on concepts, healing concepts from both traditional Chinese medicine as well as the Hindu Vedic um, healing philosophy or Hindu Vedic yogic philosophy. And so I spent, we spent two years bringing people through, clients through, to understand and assess how the process, how the healing worked and how to how to work with people's intentions, how to work with the range, because healing occurs more easily in those who are aware and open to receive. To work with working with people who aren't as spiritually um, open to allowing their body to naturally heal, allowing the light of consciousness, the Kundalini to naturally rise up their spine, uh, there's there are other arts forms to use in addition to technology, for example, working with intention, working with colors, working with frequencies, working with music and sound, and also as a healer. And when I say healer, as one who is aware of the power that we have to transform and, and also the sources of disease, which are blockages within our body, energetic blockages, as well as misalignments with our, with our, our higher path. Um, by knowing this, by knowing, it's almost like the knowing of my flesh, of my cellular structure, affects the knowing. And that's the kundalini. When you think of the kundalini frequency, it's it's the knowing, the gnosis, that a healer is able to, just through the presence, bestow upon another person to help them heal. So after two years of, of me personally working through that process and also expanding my spiritual gifts, so I'm... I am an interdimensional medium, um, a galactic. I travel, and the more, but the more that I serve, the more that I come into alignment with my higher self. The more that I am able to trust Christ and Krishna and Shiva and my mother and and the other benevolent uh, deities of Christ Krishna consciousness that are here to support us through the shift. Um, the more I'm able to surrender to. To the, to, gifts, to the gifts that manifest themselves through our form and use that gift to help other people. So, so long story short, now the testing phase is over and I'm beginning my campaign process. I'm beginning to, to build out how I'm going to communicate with people, how I'm going to introduce this idea to investors who I want to partner with, um, or who we, sorry, who we, not who I want to, but who, because it's all once you begin to work with source and you begin to work with the magnetics of spiritual energy, the law of attraction, everything or so much comes into alignment naturally. And that's the beauty I feel of of rising and serving the rising of the light of consciousness is, is is the unfolding of the Dharma and the seamless. Although there is a lot of hard work, but there's a you know, there's a seamless flow that begins to open up and, and is quite rewarding. So so that's where we're at now. We're we're moved, we've moved into a new space where 
We have a building which is completely empty in Campbell, California. And um, the goal is to have four times as much technologies. So as I mentioned, we have eight different therapies which cover the five elementals, fire, earth, uh, fire, earth, metal, wood, and um, I forget the last one right now. The idea is to to go bigger. To go bigger because because the shift the shift is the shift is here and the shift accelerates as we prepare for it because we are the shift. Everything that we do to support the unraveling of the organ system, the un the unraveling of Kali Yuga and the rise of the light of consciousness that moves up the spine. Um, everything that we support do to support the body's full or to support the soul's full embodiment and full healing process allows the healing to occur and and allows um, allows us to bridge into that that higher dimensional state of of crystallization of of heart of global heart coherence. And so and so yeah, so we're we're doing. We're yes, in. I think that you are totally right. And for example, in Mexico, we have a saying, there's a song that it's in Spanish that it says, Caminante no hay camino, se hace camino al andar. It's like, you walker, there is no way. The way is made by walking, you know, yeah. like, so I've experienced that in with the movie, you know, <clears throat> Like, I don't know what I'm doing, and I get stressed when I think about the premiere, you know, the projection of the total film, and I get stressed, but I have to come, like, in the moment, like, what can I do now? And it's like, if you go the way, it's, it's, it's like you're going and make your own way, you know? And if you keep going, like, it's synchronicity that you find people and the blah and blah, blah, blah. You know, and and the synchronicity starts going on because it's like the frequency. I I just listened to this talk about Alan Watts. I'm a huge fan of Alan Watts, uh, and he said he's the kind of philosopher that spreads Zen and Buddhism and blah. But he's also like kind of nihilist. Like everything is empty, and you know, like there's no future or past you know everything is you know it's eternal it's like and he spoke about love being like do you remember the cover of the dark side of the moon of pink floyd mm. like a shine white light going through a prism and spread some colors and he was speaking about like love is this and it's like from sacred love to lost you know, there's like many levels of love and, but they're all one, you know, there's no better love, so to speak, if you point it uh, in a, mm -hmm. in that way, point of view, you know, and I know, you know, that there's this unconditional love, but in my, in my opinion, in this moment that my opinion changes every year, you know, <laughs> in my way of view, it's like, love has to embrace the light and the dark uh, at least within us you know it's not like i have i want to be the good and you know I, I i love the good aspect of me but the bad i don't you know it's like i think that's one of the best ways of try to heal because i think many of of the trauma that we storage in our body that we are not able to you know it's because at some point someone could tell us that anger was bad you know or that uh, sex was bad you know and we can start to repress or or art is bad you know the dark aspect in the jung's perspective is not that the dark is bad you know it's only hidden that it's hidden from your conscious mind and you can uh find really good treasures for example if you stood up as a boy and sung in the restaurant la 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 and then suddenly hey no shut up 
you know, and you repressed mm -hmm. your your singing side because you thought it was bad. And if you go to your dark aspect and, and realize that that trauma, all, all, it's like a jewel of singing, of art, and you revolve uh, so many mm -hmm. concepts and it's bad and you should do it. And I think that we are capable of just be. That was, for example, the difference the, that I find between the Jesus and the Buddha path, that they um, made like a path of the eightfold path, you know, like right truth and right words and the blah, 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 you know, how to get to this purified state. But Lao Tse just observed the stars and the flowers and he said, like, if the stars shine and the flowers bloom, we should be, you know, like right now, you know, we are like uh, equipped with all everything we need in the emotions of fear, of anger, of sex, of hunger, of laughter, of love, of massage, of tenderness, of fighting, you know, it's like we, but I think that this mental prison of concepts and uh, uh, doesn't allow us to be in all in all our wholeness and i just want to finish this uh, this flow with jung's way of seeing realization he said realization is not perfection but wholeness the way to realization is not perfection but wholeness you know mm. and that's that's what I've encountered in many teachers or false prophets. Uh, they show you one side and then the dark aspect is like you, you know, scandals or sexual abuse between shamans or whatever. And it's like, like the way to perfection, it's, I don't know, it's, I am in that moment of research, you know, like, allowing to be and know that I am, that the thing that I'm looking is not later, but I am now. And yeah, I think, yeah. it's like, I think of the psyche, it's like a hurricane that at the center, like before your identity with your name, with your persona, it's you, you know? Because I've encountered that moment in in silent retreats and in dark room retreats without any substances. And there's this state that I, I cannot find myself. I cannot find my name, my body, my thoughts. And it's like one process. I am that. I am. I Actually, I am. It's not like a, I, I've read it in a book. You know, I've encountered that space that I cannot find myself and I am the breath breathing itself, but no, there's no one to breathe. It's just a happening and it's not two, but it's one and it's none. And it's, you know, it's be before concepts, you know, mm -hmm. and at the end we are that. And perhaps we as the divinity, the divine, the eternal, the alpha, the omega decided to, you know, to play that's the hinduist called the the game of lila that brahman the spiritual like decided to become and separate and forget that he created everything and at the end it's like because because why not it's not why the universe exists like why not if you were god and you you, you realize that you are one and you are alone there's there you're alone forever because you cannot have another you because you are all you're it and you're the none so what can you do for eons well play you know like divide yourself and spread in thousands of dimensions stories feel love feel sex feel pain you know like pain and pleasure you know at the they're the same thing of the extremes you know they send like pleasure can lead you to pain like an addiction but also pain can lead you to pleasure you know there are people that get off you know being you know it's it's you know it's as as always as it's consent there's consent between the parts experiencing life i think it's all you know and yeah, uh, that was one flow. <laughs>
Yeah, and so so that's and that's where I'm at. Similar to you, I'm in a place now where, especially with my business and my writings, and when I say business, my dharma. For the past few years, I've been operating from a place of um, of fear, from a place of well, I have to I have to help people, I have to fix people, I have to save people, I have to I have to see the world from this this lens of it's broken. And now I'm coming back into the love, which is what woke me up in the first place was was the love for who I am the love for remembering that I am the self-creator that I created myself, right? That I, I, I as a universe, I, as a product of the universe, self-created and self-evolved and coming back into the, it's almost like the, the richness and the depth of the experience, the sensation, the sentience, the sentience of living and Coming into that has brought me back into the magic of the purpose, the magic of the Dharma, because there is there is a balance, I believe, in terms of what we put out and what we receive, and then the honor to the earth, the honor to the consciousness of the other kingdoms, the plant kingdoms, the animal kingdoms and helping restore that balance upon the planet as being our dharma and and being the age that we're coming into which is the sort of the the fertilization of all of the descending consciousness into this beautiful rapturous growth that is realized as we support the rise of the kundalini and the the re the reintegration of humanity and this is actually an important topic for me because i write about it a lot um the reintegration with the earth's planetary logos so i also do a lot of research into cancer because i had i had a blood clotting disorder and i was at a uh, hematologist and i was on blood clot medication several different types of blood clotting medication for 14 years and when I healed, when I began to love myself, my body began to function properly. And that's why now I studied the organ function. I studied the heart function, the different um, glands, the pituitary glands, the thymus gland, because the body is actually a temple. And how our organs resonate is determined by how we behave, how we speak, the words we say, um, the frequency of life. And it's that frequency of life that actually then illuminates dormant genetics, dormant genes within our body that then elevates. And because I'm also, I, I and now I'm able to do it without, or I was, I was actually able to do this as a kid, but I was conditioned to suppress those genes, but now I'm able to do it naturally again, but to, to come back into living in altered states of consciousness. And as an artist, I'm sure you feel this where like you're, you're in the moment of creation and you're creating with a purpose, right? To support children, to support adults and families and bring people together to unite people, to open the imagination. And you feel the flow of something guiding you, the future guiding you, spirit guiding you. Um, and that's the love. And that's, and, the, and so like when I came to Mexico, for example, I was guided by the Kundalini. I was guided by the myth of Quetzalcoatl, the, the fire serpent. And a lot of the research I do is, is understanding the power of the planetary kundalini and these megalithic sites and how these civilizations, in, in, in the Hindu Veda, there's a term called samadhi, which is Sanskrit for deliverance, which is, is reaching a state where you, we activate the resonance, the higher expression of our genetic expression. And when we do that, we create an open heart grid. We create, there's a power when our hearts, when our hearts connect and then amplify and amplify and amplify as, as we grow, we actually create this protective field. And when we when we, that protective field is in unity with the Earth's field and the natural kingdoms, the entire Earth's bioluminescence, the Earth grids off a glow. And so in my work the past couple of years, I've I've gone clearer insights on the intergalactic 
Uh, I'm sure you're aware of the intergalactic war, the 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 planet, the um, intergalactic federation. But there there is a bigger picture in the Earth, which is a spiritual being. She's a she's a spiritual battery of life force energy. Is now freeing herself, liberating herself from from extraterrestrial interdimensional forces that have just been feeding off of her for millennia but also been feeding off of humanity and, and using humanity to feed off of the natural resources for example like we have free energy right we have we also have hydrogen we have we have microcellular organisms that can create hydrogen we create hydrogen within our body but we're still destroying our mother earth because we are the spirit of the universe we're the spirit of the planet we're still destroying her because we're stuck living it, most people are stuck living in ways that are actually self-detrimental, cancerous. And part of breaking free is coming in, is, is, is the drive, the drive that we all have, all life has, to evolve to the higher state. Because I've experienced this psychically and, and through my guidance is that our DNA is an ever-unfolding, ever-unfolding expression. And we we activate it as we raise our resonance, oh, and so that's why part of my part of my lineage is the Vedic, the, the Hindu Vedic tradition, is embodying the teachings, the teachings of Patanjali and and the Yoga Sutras and 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 all the wisdom and knowledge that Yogananda, Paramahansa, and Jesus Christ. And the other saints have brought down from, and Krishna have brought down from the, the consciousness of the star systems to support the earth as she births herself and is able to liberate herself through us and with her support as part of our collective evolution to the other side, to the, to the galactic ascension. And, and that's really, that's where, that's where it's, I'm happy I'm speaking about, because I usually get scared because it sounds so outrageous, but the truth is we're living the greatest movie ever. But being able to imagine it requires that we, we or being able to imagine to hold that level of frequency of thought as a transformative, liberating, spiritual emancipating process. And that's why I, I'm so, especially as I'm doing the research into my Mexican heritage, my African heritage, my Indian heritage, leaders like Mahatma Gandhi and Francisco Madera and other revolutionaries, Martin Luther King. So for example, I'm also a spiritual medium. A few months ago, I wrote a piece and I was doing research on Martin Luther King. And it was like, when, you, when your intention is to serve humanity and it's an alignment and you research these great, great revolutionaries who walked the earth and realized the power of God in them and the holy temple and you tap into their soul it's almost overwhelming because because our focus whatever we focus on they say if you focus on Buddha you'll tap into his resonance whereas if you focus on dark things you'll tap into that like when I when I do this research and I'm writing my stories and I tap into the consciousness of these great men and women who have walked this earth and still their spiritual energy still exists and it's just so overwhelmingly beautiful and it gives me hope and with that hope i have the power to unravel cords i have the power to dissolve attachments i my spiritual senses open up and it's painful and it's i have to look inwards i always have to look inwards and you know jesus christ he teaches he teaches atonement it's like every day like I do feel that every day we live to perfect our expression for the realization of the gift of the kingdom, because as we raise and who as we raise ourselves up, we experience reality on different levels, and that's our goal is to to create is to is, is as a as a collective organism is to begin is to begin to build societies and have it reform, educational reform, social reform, we're actually operating in unity and love. Like as one species, just like, just seamlessly in love with each other, like empowered, almost like when you think of a hive of bees who are synchronized in their formation, in their creation, and are directed by the pheromones of the queen or ants and how powerful they are and how they work together seamlessly to build 
that's evolution. It's us coming together and then realizing this power because when we're not in fear, we're 10 times more powerful. And then that energy builds and it builds and it builds and it passes on through our genetics and our genes. And then it's like that every every one of us like i totally feel you brother you know i i don't know in if in this dimension we will get peace and love like worldwide i don't know it could be it's an option but i think that for example for me also my healing has been releasing a lot of trauma that i used to blame outside you know and i wasn't aware you know It was on my unconscious, mm -hmm. all my hate to the world, because it was like unsolved issues or trauma inside myself. So I, I feel better now, you know, and I, and I, I am a love person, you know, the, like, I know I have the ability to damage people. I've been a manipulator, you know, I've harm other people you know but it's like okay so i know i can be bad but i choose good you know i choose love i choose art creation support each other listen talk but the thing i don't know if we will ever in this dimension world no world peace you know I remember there was this guy that said like world peace will be when three men can look at each other simultaneously <laughs> like three men <laughs> so i don't know if it's going to happen because actually i don't think that trauma is bad you know if i had to revise for example my my traumas my healings my personal experiences that experiences made me this loving and compassionate man you know perhaps if i hadn't been you know abused or whatever i would have been an abuser you know so i think that every one of us have it's like a way of the saying like uh, no moth no lotus or the saying that the beautiful smell of a rose depends of the shed that like the you know that you put shed like a bono you we said in, and that uses the plant to transmuting into beautiful smell so that's why i think that trauma or difficulty tend to make us like stronger you know and like the wind you know in a tree like you see the tree with these roots like so tight and so straight but it had to gather some wind and some rain and sun you know to be straight and to grow as a tree and be the home for birds and spiders and everything and make oxygen you know and yeah but i think that true compassion like only begins like only can arise from experience from pain you know you cannot be i think that you cannot be good and help people like honestly without any more interesting than to serve that if you don't come from your own pain you know like on your own confusion in your path you know your own pain or your psychosis or your drama or whatever You have to go through that to choose love, you know, like not choose war because war is not, it's always been the two, you know, but it's like, we can help each other, you know, because life itself, it's painful. Like you can broke your ankle or you can hit by a car or you could get a disease. So you can die, you're lost, you're lose, you will lose everything and everyone you meet in this human life. But if life is already hard, why make it, make it harder between ourselves, you know? Why we can learn to be loving to one another, you know? Like mm -hmm. we can ride each other home. We're going back home, but in the meantime, we, we cannot harm ourselves more than pain 
you know. But anyhow, I think that we can wrap it up, you know, with, um, I don't know, it was amazing, you know, have this discussion and it's like this kind of dialogue, you know, it's just sharing ideas, sharing stories, sharing paths. I used to to think that I knew, <laughs> you know, like, oh, you, you should live like this. And I did a course about astral projection and meditation and art, but I don't anymore. I, I, sometimes I feel like a teacher. I don't feel like a teacher in this moment of my life, but it's like just sharing ideas, you know, ways of point of view, because we are trying to get grasp of this thing that the more I, I think I know, the less I know. You know, it's it's weird. The more I, I know about quantum physics and astrophysics and, and blood, the less I know. The more I know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I solve one question and I have, I solve one question, I have 10 more questions. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, man, for sharing. I wish you all the best in your projects, in your life, that may you serve a lot of people uh, with all your heart, with everything you've got, you know, each one, even though it's if it's one or if it's thousands, everything you've got. And I know, you know, it's going to take time, but it's the 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 time that it takes you to make your the center, it's like enjoying the ride. No, not just the result, but everything from this moment until you invite me to your opening, you know, the people, the obstacles, you know, enjoy and savor every, every step of the way, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I appreciate this opportunity to, to speak and share my story, to, to feel your spirit, your heart, um, to sense our unity, our oneness, and, um, Thank you, Tila. Thank you, Amritlal. No, I said it bad. Amritlal. Amritlal. Whoa. Anji. I'm going to tell you Amri. You okay. Amri? <laughs> That's good, brother. That's good. You say it with love. I love it. Okay, so the plan is that we're going to stop recording and we're going to upload it, this without Let's editing. Are you in? Let's do it. I'm in. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>